0: Welcome to episode number 188 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. The first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineering Your Own Success, and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. People had their doubts about this podcast taking off, but since inception, we've had close to 2 million downloads and have been cited by Forbes as one of the top 15 most inspiring podcasts for professionals. Now, here's a short preview of this episode in which I'll be speaking with Professor Jim Tingem, who did something really interesting in the name of sustainable energy.
1: Don't just talk sustainability, do something. And that's really the motto of my trip is instead of just talking about solar energy or sustainable energy systems, just getting out there and doing it, or installing a solar system at your home or business, or in, if your utility allows it to uh, get your energy from renewable options within your utility's territory.
0: My co-host Chris and I both believe that in order to be the best engineer you can be, you must consistently get better. Get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we publish this free podcast to help you do just that. In this episode, I will speak with Professor Jim Tingem who is the associate chair of the Department of Engineering Professional Development at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. We'll talk about his roughly 1,300-mile, 14-day bike trip across the upper Midwestern United States, and what on earth would make someone bike that much in 14 days. Jim is an associate professor and associate chair in the department, of Engineering Professional Development in the College of Engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison with specific program responsibilities for the Sustainable Systems Engineering and Power Engineering Distance Degree Programs. He has an overall responsibility of outreach, research, continuing engineering education, and distance learning in the areas of geotechnical and geo-environmental engineering, sustainability, and energy geotechnics. And at the end in our Take Action Today segment, He's also going to tell you about a really, really inspiring initiative that he's working on, some of the details of it that's going to be helping out children. So before we get started, this is a free show, and our sponsors help us to keep it free for our listeners, so please support them. Now I'd like to recognize our sponsors for this episode. Firstly, we have PPI, and I'd like to recognize them by asking you this question. Are you trying to find the right step? to further your career in the world of engineering. Need some positive perspective on how to prepare properly for your exam? Stay tuned to this podcast for my exam essentials, tips, and tricks. I'll be sharing my favorite ways to get in the PE exam zone. Info on best places to find the right resources to prepare for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners. You won't want to miss out on this opportunity. I would also like to recognize and welcome a new sponsor, WPI. If you're in the market for a master's degree, you're going to love our new sponsor. Worcester Polytechnic Institute was one of the first engineering and technology universities in the U.S., and they now offer their most popular graduate programs 100% online. Level up in robotics, data science, power systems, mechanical engineering, biotechnology, systems engineering, and more from anywhere in the world. Stay tuned for more about WPI later in this episode. Now let me bring you into our main segment with a quote that is applicable to today's topic. And the quote's from Benjamin Franklin and goes as follows. Energy and persistence conquer all things. All right. Now I'm very happy to welcome Professor Jim Tingum from the University of Wisconsin-Madison onto the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Jim, welcome.
1: It's great to be here.
0: So Jim, before we jump in and talk about this really interesting project that you embarked upon, just even though I gave our listeners a little bit of your background, in your own words, give our listeners kind of a little bit of what you do on a day-to-day basis.
1: Well, on a day-to-day basis, I work in renewable energy, But as a professor at a major university, I have a different perspective in that I get to teach students uh, renewable energy design in addition to doing outreach campaigns to make the general public more aware of renewable energy and the opportunities going into the future. So it's very exciting to be in the position that I am.
0: All right. So, Jim. We're going to focus on something relatively interesting today. You just returned from a 2000 kilometer, 14 day bike trip across the upper Midwest. And we're going to kind of do a top 10 reasons that you would actually do something like that. So we'll go through them. But before you even get into those top 10 reasons, just talk about the trip in general and your goal with this trip.
1: Yeah, well, first thing, the 2,000 kilometers uh, sounds a little bit better than 1,300 miles, but they're equivalent. Uh, the interesting thing is here at uh, Wisconsin, we teach all in SI units, thus the 2,000 kilometers. What I did is uh, establish an outreach campaign called Hashtag the Sun. And in that campaign, I visited uh, close to 50 utility-scale solar energy sites across Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota. Now, I was on a bike, but one of the interesting things about this is I was actually on an, what we call an e-assist bike. So I was combining the electrical componentry of my bike with renewable energy campaign and raising awareness, sustainability with biking, it all kinds of kind of goes together of why I, you know, left my family and my office for 14 days there in August to be able to bike around the Upper Midwest.
0: As Jim said, he left his family and he did something that a lot of people wouldn't do on a regular basis, but there were some significant reasons. So this episode is going to be kind of like a, a Letterman show. Where we do the top 10, so the top 10 reasons for this experience, and let's jump right into it. And start with number 10, Jim.
1: Sure. So here in Wisconsin, our university has this concept called the Wisconsin Idea. And that is, is that our education needs to go beyond the classroom and we should foster close working relationships, not just with our students, but the citizens of Wisconsin and beyond actually around the country and the world. So, by doing this type of trip, I got out of the office, out on the road, where I actually got to meet people that includes renewable energy developers, engineers, landowners that have renewable energy projects on them, and just general public at the cafes and gas stations and other watering holes of the upper Midwest. So, that's number 10 getting out there and taking the Wisconsin idea out with me away from the office and where I can get out there and uh, interact directly with people.
0: Yeah, I love that because it's a great message for people overall in that when you have something you're passionate about, you got to get out there and pound the pavement, so to speak. You can't just sit in your office and expect things to happen. You need to make things happen. And I think that that's the essence of that point, really, which I love. All right, what's number nine?
1: Yeah, before we leave that, I just want to come back. Is uh, I like your uh, rejoinder there, but not letting things come to you, but you going out there and fostering that connection. That's what I wanted to connect with.
0: Being proactive and getting out there.
1: Exactly. Number nine on our top 10 quote-unquote Letterman list is, hey, there's no better way to burn over 8,000 calories per day. So Even though I had an e-assist bike, basically I put about two-thirds of the energy into the bike and the battery added about one-third of the energy. I was biking six to seven hours every day. And even though I ate as much as I could possibly eat, I still lost 10 pounds in 14 days. So uh, that's just a great thing to be able to eat anything, and whatever you want, and still lose weight.
0: I'm just curious, did you have to eat like extremely high protein or what was the...
1: Yeah, it actually really dependent, but uh, carbohydrates are those things that you can burn a lot. My most important meals were in the breakfast. So uh, as many carbohydrates as I could, French toast, pancakes, eggs gave me that protein. And, uh, you know, I actually stayed away from sweets and meat. Because those are just harder to digest. And you know, when you're biking a lot, you find out quickly you know, what is good for you, what makes your body feel good. So uh, past that double breakfast, uh, a lot of uh, drinking of Gatorade and other types of hydration types of products is really what got me through the day.
0: Gotcha. You just made me feel very inadequate in terms of my workout when you said 8,000 calories a day, but that's all right. Let's go to number eight.
1: Yeah, well, number eight is, uh, and this is particularly relevant to me because my fiancé and my mother-in-law, quote-unquote, is from Puerto Rico. And even though it's almost one year from last September, but I was raising awareness for the recovery from Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico on September 2017. This is a, a country that was uh, or a territory already devastated by economical conditions. And then they received a class four hurricane just weeks after another hurricane. And that Hurricane Maria hit the island head on. There was not one square foot of the island that was not impacted. And uh, so just with climate change and weather disasters and the like, Considering that Puerto Rico sources over 98% of their electricity from imported natural gas, coal, and oil, raising the awareness that an island such as Puerto Rico could get much more of its energy from renewable sources, such as solar energy, was part of the reason I did this trip and raising awareness, not just for renewable energy, but specifically for. Uh, renewable energy on isolated islands such as Puerto Rico.
0: It's great to hear that from you, being that you also have ties there in terms of your fiance, so it was probably something that you're really passionate about. And it's just something that obviously is affecting us just on a regular basis. I mean, even as we record this episode this week, there's been all kinds of weather throughout the United States in terms of hurricanes and storms. And it seems like there isn't a day that goes by right now where you don't see some kind of weather pattern somewhere. That's concerning.
1: That is correct. And I know that this is just an antidote, but I'm here in Madison, Wisconsin, and Lake that I'm a stone throw away from is at the record high water levels that it ever has had in recorded history. Two and a half weeks ago, we got 15 inches of rain in 12 hours. So it impacts everywhere these just weird weather events that we're just not used to.
0: All right. What's number seven, Jim?
1: Uh, One of my favorites, because e-assist bikes are really cool. I'm an avid biker. I bike every day to uh, work, to the office, in the winter. I bike to the grocery store. You name it, I do it. So a good day to me is being able to be on a bike. However, uh, this is the first time I've ventured into an e-assist bike. I was fortunate that a local manufacturer of bikes. Basically, the only American manufacturer of bikes left in the country is Trek. And they're based right outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, they loaned me one of their prototype high-end e-touring bikes. And basically, I had 1,000 watt hour of battery on the bike. What does that mean? Basically, that gave me about an additional three and a half miles per hour and about another 25 miles per day in comparison to a trip that I did last year, which is also 1,300 miles. The point is, with 33% less effort, it only cost me 14 cents a day in electricity because that's what it takes to charge up one kilowatt hour of batteries is about 14 cents. So, uh, I averaged 16.0 miles per hour on this 1,300 or 2,000 kilometer trip. And it was all because I was supported by that really cool e
0: bike. Does it feel different? Like, can, is it noticeably easier or? Well, first,
1: they're gaining popularity. So, you're seeing more and more of them out here. This is a growth model for bike manufacturers. It's heavier, each battery weighs eight pounds. Uh, the drivetrain is eight pounds, and then it's a thicker bike, per se, because it's a touring bike. So this bike was 55 pounds. Uh, unloaded. Uh, so if you don't have the battery going, you can feel it. It feels like a really heavy bike. However, once you get going, it's uh, very smooth. Uh, in this particular model, even though it's a prototype, I got used to it in about two minutes. And uh, figured it out, and it didn't feel any different than a regular bike, other than I was going faster.
0: All right, what's number six? Well,
1: here at the University of Wisconsin Madison, uh, the department that I'm in, we actually teach a short course for professionals called Fundamentals of Solar Power Plant Design. We have typically about 30 to 40 people from around the nation that come to Madison every spring for this class. And so uh, I was doing this trip because I teach in this class. And what better way to gather photos, insights, talking to the developers and the designers at the actual sites where these have been built to get that perspective. I was really out there to basically do uh, fact checks and gathering information for one of my main job duties, which is teaching renewable energy classes to professionals out there in practice.
0: All right, what's number five, Jim?
1: Raising awareness of solar energy in the upper Midwest. And in the first six months of this year, 2018, including rooftop solar, solar energy provided about 2.4% of all of our electricity use in the United States. Now, 2.4% percent doesn't sound like much. But considering how much electricity and power we use in the United States, it is a phenomenal amount of energy. And I don't think the public is aware of how much solar energy is actually contributing to our grid. I was out there on this uh, hashtag #bikethesun the sun campaign, and I was doing interviews with radio stations, television stations, newspapers you name it, all in the with the opportunity to raise awareness of solar energy by being out there at the sites where the solar projects were, in addition to all these other top 10 reasons that I was out there uh, for 2000 kilometers.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And it is interesting that 2.4% does sound very small and insignificant, just in, in general terms, but. As you indicated, it's a a large number because of such a large usage of electricity across the U.S. I would hope that that number is going to increase much quicker in the coming years as it has in recent history.
1: And it will, and it is, because if you imagine like upstate New York and the upper Midwest, know, If we can do economical large-scale solar at 45 degrees north, man, you can pretty much do it anywhere if we can do it at this latitude. And we are doing it successfully at this latitude. Solar prices have come down exponentially uh, over the last two decades. And we are rapidly approaching the point where solar energy on a life cycle basis is going to be equivalent or cheaper than coal, and it's not that far out in the future.
0: All right, just want to take a quick break before we get to the next one to once again thank WPI for sponsoring this episode. Their part-time online graduate programs are specially designed for the working professional's hectic life. You'll earn the same degree as on-campus students without pressing pause on your career. Find out why WPI's faculty was named number one in combining research and teaching by the Wall Street Journal. Visit go2.wpi.edu forward slash tech to explore over 15 graduate degree programs in science, technology, and engineering. That's go2.wpi.edu forward slash tech. If you've been thinking about grad school, this is your sign. All right, give us the next one, number four.
1: Well, so I'm a geotechnical engineer, which basically means is uh, my day job is I play with dirt to understand how soil mechanics used for foundation systems and the like. So, you know, this was partially a work trip. So what I was doing is I was gaining insights to how foundation systems are designed and implemented at solar power plants. There is a project in development in Wisconsin that's going to have 300 megawatts of solar. That's enough for like 7,500 households for perspective. There are tens of thousands of steel piles that are about 12 feet long that they have to drive in to support these solar panels. And here in the upper Midwest is we have frost, we have cold winters. So we have frost damage where those piles, if they're not deep enough, are going to move and and get jacked up and down. If we can develop a design approach that efficiently, evaluates the depth of those piles. We can really take the expenses down on the balance of plant design at solar energy sites. Doesn't seem like a lot, but if you go from a 12-foot pile to an 8-foot pile for, say, 50,000 piles and with the price of steel, it's just a huge difference. So I'm really out there trying to find out how to best design and research foundation options at solar power plants.
0: That's great. And just for those of you not familiar with piles, it's just another form of a foundation. It's just like a long pier or such that could be drilled into the ground when the ground is not that stable. So you have to get deeper. And the only reason I know this is my wife's a geotechnical engineer. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Background into that. Let's go on to number three, Jim.
1: This is almost something similar to the very first one where I talked about the Wisconsin idea and getting out there. But uh, I direct a distance degree master's program at UW Madison. It's called Sustainable Systems Engineering. Now, I have students from around the country in this program. I have one in Antarctica, one in Kenya. That's the beauty of distance education. But the model for our program is don't just talk sustainability, do something. And that's really the motto of my trip is instead of just talking about solar energy or sustainable energy systems, just getting out there and doing it or installing a solar system at your home or business. Or if your utility allows it to uh, get your energy from renewable options within your utility's territory. So these are things that I like to say, don't just talk, do something. And I was proud to be able to bike 2,000 kilometers to be able to do something that I hope was very effective.
0: I was talking about this recently with someone. It's like, if you're complaining about something, but you're not doing anything, you're just as much part of the problem as whatever you're complaining about. So the point is, is that if you're telling someone to do something, you should also be doing it, right? Like leading by example. This is something just to think about in terms of taking action yourself. And I'm glad that Jim is really trying to drive that point home as one of the things he's doing here.
1: You actually gain an additional degree of professional credibility and respect when you're out there understanding what's going on. So uh, that attention and that doing, you know, does lead to gains in your network, uh, respect with your students and, and all down the line.
0: All right. What's number two, Jim?
1: We're getting close to my favorites. I know I said that e-bikes was my favorites, but I have a lot. So, you know, just like children or your dogs, you may not have a favorite. You have lots of favorites. This is evolving into an actual project with the UW-Madison branch of Engineers Without Borders. So as part of this bike trip, I was raising money for a project for the UW-Madison Engineers Without Borders to do and I have 35 students signed up for this project to design, manage, raise funds, and install a 35 kilowatt distributed solar system with battery backup at nonprofit children's home in Puerto Rico. With this ability to teach the next generation of engineers and leaders how to do a solar project, We're really fostering learning by doing. So again, just not talk sustainability. You know, let's do it. And this project that we'll be implementing will be doing exactly that. Learning by doing.
0: That's great. And Engineers Without Borders is a wonderful organization. In fact when I first self-published my book, Engineer Your Own Success, before it was picked up by a major publisher, we were donating funds from the sales to EWB just because I think it's such a great organization. And it really is applicable to any type of engineering discipline. If you're out there, you're a student. or are not just student, they have professional chapters. And you want to get involved in a project and meet other people and work on something that's really powerful. EWB allows engineers to get together and work on projects, often improving systems in third world countries, et cetera. I'm not going to go into all the details right now, but we'll link to the Engineers Without Borders website on our show notes here so you could check it out. And it's also, I can tell you right now, in terms of gaining experience, I can't tell you how many engineers that I know that volunteer with Engineers Without Borders. And when they go on job interviews, they say that they spend 45 minutes out of the hour talking about their EWB experience. So it's a very, very valuable thing to engage in for many, many reasons.
1: That's great to hear your excitement. Uh, UW-Madison was the second chapter all across the nation. So we've been doing this for a while and very proud to have over 100, not just engineering students, we have business school students. We have some students in the physical sciences that are part of Engineers Without Borders. So it's just a great organization to be able to take a lot of different backgrounds and do something and uh, really uh, help their resume by, again, learning by doing, which is exactly what they're doing.
0: Now it's time for the number one reason that you took this long bike ride.
1: That solar system is going to be installed for the kids. So the second part of this campaign was really all about hashtag Solar Para Niños, which is uh, Spanish translated to uh, solar for the children. So this project, uh, we're raising funds for this solar installation for the Hogar Elberque Para Niños Jesus de Nazaret, which is a nonprofit shelter outside of Mayaguez, Puerto Rico. This shelter takes in, counsels, educates and houses 14 children at a time that have been unfortunately uh, removed from their homes by the Department of Family because of either a physical or sexual abuse. So this is a, I don't wanna call it a halfway home, but this is taking in children to prepare them for their forever homes when they get readopted out into the community. This nonprofit has a $1,000 monthly utility bill just crazy because Puerto Rico has the most expensive electricity rates in the United States. But if we can eliminate that monthly utility bill by this project, by installing solar energy, that thousand dollars a month will be then reinvested into helping the kids through educational and social services.
0: That's really, really powerful. Jim, I'm sure that maybe you could talk about it here for a minute, but I think when you engage in any kind of project like this, When it has some kind of component to it that has a real positive impact on, I mean, not just humanity, but especially on children, there must be something very gratifying about that.
1: Extremely gratifying. You know, so, you know, it's not very interesting if I'm just out there riding a bike. A lot of people ride bike for, you know, physical exercise, uh, other reasons. Having this really good goal or endpoint where people can contribute or understand what's going on. When you're pedaling for six, seven hours a day, it makes you feel so much better to understand that this is really a good thing, and I'm really tired, and I'm sweating, and I wanna quit, but there's a reason that I'm doing this, and it really kept me going on some of those harder, longer days.
0: And once again, we're speaking with Professor Jim Tingem who took a 1300 mile bike ride through the Midwest for a lot of reasons. And we went through the top 10 reasons and I'm going to recap them here. And then I want you to stick with us because we're going to bring professor Tingen back in the take action today segment and give you one thing that you can do to kind of take action on some of the things we're talking about here. But let me just recap these top 10 reasons that he took this bike ride. Number 10 was the Wisconsin idea of this idea that they have in the school there to get out there you know, go beyond your comfort zone in terms of your own network and get out there and spread ideas. Number nine, no better way to burn 8,000 calories per day, which is, is pretty crazy when you think about that. Number eight, Puerto Rico's energy system, because it's still recovering from the hurricane, Maria, Jim's fiance is from Puerto Rico. So it also kind of hits home for him. Number seven. Because e-bikes are super cool. And we learned a little bit about e-bikes. And I'm going to have to check them out myself. It's, it's interesting. But that's one of the reasons for sure. Number six, it contributes to the University of Wisconsin-Madison's EPD, which is the course on the fundamentals of solar power plant design. And so again, just trying to contribute to his course. Number five, raise awareness of solar energy options in the upper Midwest. We talked about the idea that 2.4% of the U.S. electric usage is solar. And that's going to be rising, but Jim explained that that actually is a lot already. Number four, gain insights into the various foundation options used at these solar power plants. We talked about the piles or the deep foundations. Number three, not just talking sustainability, but doing something about it, right? You got to get out there again and really, really, if you have a good cause, spread the word about it. Number two. Jim used this as a way um, he's mentoring the, the university's engineers without borders students. We talked about that. The university there had the first, one of the first chapters in the country and it's a great organization. Like I said, we'll link to more information about EWB and last, but certainly not least the initiative called solar para ninos, which is helping kids that aren't as fortunate as a lot of kids that you might know in Puerto Rico Jim explained the whole initiative a little bit about they've been abused and they're waiting to find a forever home and he's trying to help reduce or eliminate their $1,000 monthly utility bill. So it can be better invested to help these children. So that's your top 10. So Jim, you're going to stick around with us for this end segment as well, right? Definitely. All right, so it was exciting to hear about Professor Tindem's trip, but we're not done with him yet. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And before we jump into this segment, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for this episode once again, PPI. Engineering Career Advancement starts with licensure exams. The right place to gather exam info, all practice materials, and multiple review options comes from ppi2pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers, including me, pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Best of all, they have practice bundles, online subscriptions, and practice exams that prepare you to pass the first time. Visit PPI2Pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take you one step closer to your next career advancement. That's PPI, the number two pass. I also have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code tech eight on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's the promo code T E C C, which stands for the engineering career coach and the number eight. All right. I'm back here with professor Jim Tindjim who talked to us about his amazing trip, his 1300 mile bike trip across the Midwest and you'll recall that the number one reason for him doing this was the solar para niños initiative which he's trying to help this what would you call it jim you said a halfway house but how could we best describe the
1: it's a children's home uh, it's not an orphanage it's a children's home you know where they stay for 3 months 9 months a year uh, you know awaiting the next step in their life
0: almost like a transitional home for them while they're, they're waiting to find their forever home. And specifically what Jim is trying to do is raise $145,000 because he wants to help them build solar so that they have solar and they eliminate a $1,000 a month utility bill, which is a massive bill for them that they have to deal with. And so in terms of take action today, obviously one of the things you can do is you can help with this project. Well, there's a couple of things you can do. Go ahead, Jim. Why don't you tell the listeners about some things that they can do to try to take action in terms of Solar renewable energy.
1: Yeah, so uh, really three things, and you know, take action. I took action. I did something, and you can immediately take action. Go to solarparaninos.com and, at the very simplest, just look at solar design 101. See if solar energy might be an option for you, your business, maybe one of your clients. But even more direct action. Go check that donate button. And there are two easy methods to donate to this Hogar Elberque para Ninos Jesus de Nazaret in Puerto Rico that we were talking about. I have a GoFundMe page. 100% of that money for the GoFundMe page will transition right to Engineers Without Borders for application to this solar project in Puerto Rico through Engineers Without Borders. We are at $92,000 already through corporate and individual donations, and uh, you can follow the progress. So take action. Do something right now at the very minimum. Go to solarpoddorninos.com, browse the page, and if you wish to donate, that would be fantastic.
0: Listen, if you decide to contribute money and help, I think it's a wonderful thing. But the thing that's great about this website, and I'm looking at it right now, is that it's not just about necessarily getting the donations. It's also about educating people like you about solar and renewable energy. And you can learn an absolute ton from just reading through this website if solar is something that's interesting to you, or that may be something that you put on your house. I have many people in my neighborhood that have solar and they rave about it. And we've looked at it as well in my own house, but unfortunately, we have so much tree cover around us. Those are things you need to consider when you do your own analysis in terms of whether or not you can have the solar. So Professor Tinjum, thank you so much for spending some time with us here today. I know you're busy trying to do all these different initiatives, but we really appreciate you speaking with us and educating us about renewable energy and about your project.
1: It was an absolute pleasure. Happy to be along for the ride.
0: All right. Well, what a story from Professor Tinge. I'm really grateful that he joined us and he told us about what he's doing. It's very inspiring, and I hope it does inspire you to take action. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Simply go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Look for The Engineering Career Coach, episode one eight eight. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And lastly, I want to just remind you that we do run an online management workshop for engineering professionals called the Engineering Management Accelerator Online Workshop. We have sessions periodically. We have one going on now. We also have one coming up in January, and there'll be a couple next year, but The sooner you get in, the better. We're already talking about restructuring it and changing some things and doing it less throughout the year since we've been doing a lot of custom training programs for engineering organizations these days. So check it out while it's here. It's at engineer2manager.com. And also don't forget to check out this month's webinar at our website as well. All right. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering career endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.